0: You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to The Better Man Podcast. My name's Adam Tarno, joined virtually with Chris Harper. Uh, Those of you tracking along with the podcast, you know when we did our first virtual episode, it took Chris 19 minutes to get on. Um, (laughs) And today I would like to state, the record to state, it took him one minute. So Let's go. It was amazing.
1: But uh, Okay, Chris, first job. What was your first job ever? My first job ever. I was sitting at a Wendy's restaurant. Um, back when they had the salad bar. You remember when Wendy's had yep. the salad bar in it? Golly, that is a blast from the past. Uh, yes. real. And I told my mom that I wanted a pager. <laughs> and All she's right. like, she's like, you don't need a pager. You're not a doctor. And I'm That's like, right. no, like I need a pager. People need to page me. When stuff's important. And she said, when you get a job, she said, you can have a pager. So I got up from the salad bar and I walked to the front counter and I asked for a job and I got a job. (laughs) Right there on the spot. Right there on the spot. (laughs) 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 Cooking cooking hamburgers and managing the salad bar at Wendy's. Come on. That's amazing. How old were you? Fourteen. Fourteen.
0: 14 Mm -hmm. years old. That's awesome. I started in the restaurant industry as well. Chesapeake Bay Seafood House. I lived in Maryland. And so Chesapeake (laughs) Bay Seafood House was this local chain that, get this, I didn't know this at the time, that specialized in Alaskan crab legs. And so all you could eat Alaskan crab legs, which, like, why would you name yourself after a regional body of water, and then your number one <laughs> item that you sell is clearly across the country. Like you would probably want people thinking about something else because Chesapeake Bay was known for their blue crabs, which are amazing. I, I mean, Come those on. are fantastic, but yeah. anyway, so I worked there as a bus boy mm. and, uh, had to clear tables, just tape, just like plate after plate of just crab just mount, mountains, mountains, mountains of crab leg, <laughs> crab, crab leg shells. I mean, I stank so bad when I got home. I, my mom wouldn't like even talk to me until I took the shirt off, went and took a shower. I mean, that place just reeked. So oh, yeah. anyway, that's where I started. So, uh, I'll tell you what, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about really part three in the defined series and mm. just God's idea and view of work uh, I know sixteen-year-old Adam. Fifty. Well, no, I could drive, so that would have been like sixteen years old. Come uh, on. That Adam did not have the right view of work. That was just a means to an end. I don't know if fourteen-year-old Chris had the right view of work, but uh, it's essential for us as men that we get our arms around this idea of work, and so that's going to be that's our right. topic of conversation today.
1: That's right. Fourteen-year-old Chris just wanted a pager. That's
0: right. Did you ever get it?
1: One hundred. Yeah. Yeah, man. I had I wore that thing as I as I shined that salad bar every day. Im- <laughs> <laughs> just waiting. Just waiting just for somebody, somebody to call you. S- somebody please patron.
0: <laughs> yes. I was at an event with some leaders the other day, and a guy came up to me. Somehow we were talking about communication, and he looked at me and said, Adam, I have every mobile device I've ever owned. I still have all of them. All the way back to the bag phone and the pagers. Like oh, he still wow. has his, wow. his which uh, which been would have been pretty cool. I'm sure he can make a make some money on eBay with those. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so we had the probably had the bad view of work. I don't know about you. I mean, it was like this was a means to an end, mm-hmm. this was a way to make money, this was something to do so I could go have fun on the weekends, that that kind of thing. Uh, yours was about getting a pager, maybe just getting out of the house, getting some freedom with all of that. But, uh, but as you get into God's word and it's pretty, pretty early on in God's word in Genesis, we see that the Lord speaks to work and there may be some surprising things that it says, uh, about work. So, uh, what's on your mind with this, this topic of work here today?
1: Absolutely. And we could go, we could go a lot of different directions with this and defined part three does, Mm -hmm. you know, one of our core tenants at Better Man is a a real man, God's man excels at the work God has given him. So we're excited to to release that uh, study here in a few months, but but I want to talk about work as as a creative and work as a steward, because mm-hmm. I think I think scripture really speaks to those two things that that God obviously is the chief creator. You know mm-hmm. he created the heavens and earth and everything in it. But we are his co-creators, like made in his image. Um, We are creatives. And I think I think what happens is that people hear that and they think, well, if you're a painter or if you're a dancer or if you're a musician, Mm -hmm. like, sure, you're creative. But um, I'm an electrician. Yep. Like, I'm not creative. But 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 that's not true at all. Like, like we we really are all creatives. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if,
0: um, 22, 23 year old Adam would have heard that when I started my career as an accountant, I would have raised my hand and be like, uh, sir, uh, creative accountants go to jail. That's so, right. uh, <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what do you want me to do with all <clears> of throat> this? Throat> so, uh, obviously I know a little bit about the direction we're going with this, but, but speak more to that because yeah, it's not just being in the arts that, that God put us on this earth to be in the arts, uh, yeah. from that level of creativity, but, uh, speak more to that, like how doing our work with excellence yeah. is in itself an act of creation.
1: Yeah. So I I love what Al Walter said. He said, "God does not make junk, and He does not junk what He has made." Mm. So so when I talk about being a creative, I'm talking about God will use your work as a means of life change and community restoration. That's what He does. Yeah. yeah. So whether you're an accountant, whether you're working at the salad bar at Wendy's, which I'm pretty sure they got rid of those because it was super unsanitary, yeah. <laughs> but 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 whatever it is, God, God's going to use your work as a means to change lives and bring community restoration. Right the the place God calls you to is is the place. Um, and this is Frederick Bushner said this the the place that God calls you to is the place where deep gladness and the world's hunger meet. That's right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah,
0: it really is. And I remember having this epiphany. I think this was when a couple of years ago, when David Morrison and I we were writing our book, The Edge, and we were talking about this idea and a chapter on resourcefulness, how as employees, Mm -hmm. uh, it's good for us to be resourceful. We we need to be problem solvers, and how that's difficult for us because we are so accustomed to outsourcing our problems. And and you really start. We we started going through it and just going almost every single industry out there in our economy right now is designed to solve a problem. Uh, that's, that's what they're doing. So it's like you, you may be sitting there going, well, I don't know how what I do uh, really could do anything to make the world a better place or to change lives or to restore the community. And I would challenge you on that. I mean, just about every single industry that's out there and I'm sure there's, you know, there's some exceptions with some, some work that we would probably say is, uh, you know, there's a couple of industries that come to mind that maybe are not so much in community restoration, but Mm -hmm. by and large, most, most for-profit organizations are trying to solve some problems and make somebody's life better. Um, And so we've just got to be able to tap into
1: that and understand that that's good. And that's what the Lord wants us to do, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that's a great distinction, Adam, because when we talk about work, we're talking about all good work, right? You know, what, what God, um would call good work that's it's not nefarious, it's not evil, like it's not detrimental to the community, but that's it's right it's work that seeks to 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 better the world. You know, when he put Adam in the garden to to tend it and cultivate it and grow it, Adam wasn't just confined to the garden. Hmm. Like like Adam was gonna take that garden and and build a city And around that city, he was going to build a country and and he was going to do everything from from grow crops to one day split the atom, which is which is the forward movement of humanity. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're continually cultivating and creating and growing. uh, At least we should be what God what God has given to us. And, and, And this is where I think this is where I think a lot of us go wrong, especially in the church. Many in the church today, they've lost influence in the world because they've lost interest in the world that God has created, Hmm. right? We lost interest in it. And when, 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 when we lose interest in it, we lose, we lose that influence as, as Christians, we shouldn't only be interested in Christian things. Like we should be interested in everything. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Because it's all of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember being so shocked when I was reading, um, oh, I forget the author's name, but Bonhoeffer's biography mm. and how Metaxas?
1: was it? Metaxas? Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. Eric no. Metaxas and how they were talking about, cause I think of Bonhoeffer and I've read some of books. It's just, you know, I had built him up in my mind that this was, was basically a monk on some hill that was thinking through all these deep spiritual things about the church. <laughs> and then come to find out like that dude loved the movies and he loved going out yeah. to the theater. I mean, he was, he he loved in an appropriate way the world in which he lived in, and he was a that's student right. of it. And it it seemed to motivate and fuel almost some of his ministry because it was, hey, I want to make this place as as great as we possibly can, and I believe that's going to be through uh, through more and more
1: followers of Jesus that will continue to make this this better. Absolutely, man, and I think I think in a lot of ways the new evangelism today. Mm-hmm. Really is through hospitality and the arts. That's right. Yeah. Like, like I think if you want to win people today, especially win them out of the culture of the world into the culture of the kingdom, man, you're going to do that through hospitality, and you're going to do it through through creativity. Yeah. Right. That's really and, good. Yeah. And and all human endeavor, like if you think about this, and and for the accountant listening, and the electrician listening, and the plumber listening, maybe. Maybe you think your job is not that glorious and, and maybe you think it's not all that creative. But, but every human endeavor involves creative gifts and abilities, whether mm. whether you're pouring concrete or whether yep. you're doing open heart surgery, right? You've got to exercise thought and creativity, Whether whether you're setting the table for dinner or whether you're building a cathedral, like you're exercising God-given creativity. And it's yeah. all important. Yeah. Yeah. I like the word
0: dignity, right? That it all has that dignity to it, regardless totally. of what we do in that. So, I mean, as you go around meeting with men, uh, especially through the role that you have now with better man, if you could just summarize, what are some of the prevailing mindsets out there that may be a little bit off that people that are, if they're not viewing it as uh, you know, that we were created to be creative, uh, oh. what are some other common ways that men may view their job and view work?
1: Yeah. So they they view it as trivial. Hmm. They uh, menial. Right. right? I, I get this a lot, man. I and, and listen, Adam, I, I recognize how, how privileged I am. Right. Like I don't have a I don't, I don't have a bang up large platform, but but man, I'm very lucky that I get to I get to travel and I get to speak at conferences and sometimes I get to speak to like super large crowds. Right. And and so I, I hear all the time man, I wish I could do that or I wish I could be more like that or I wish I could do more for the kingdom like you're doing. And I remember talking to an HVAC guy. Right. And And so so he's an HVAC technician. He's been trained in fixing air conditioners. Hmm. So I, I told him, I said, I said, did you know the average HVAC guy will be in 25,000 homes over the course of his career? Mm. <laughs> 25,000 homes. I said, I said, did you know, I'll never speak to a crowd with 25,000 people in it. That's right. That's right. Never, never. That HVAC guy has more creative ability and more potential influence than 99% of pastors in the world. That's right. That's good. That's a great perspective. Right. But he did like, but he didn't see it like that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, man, like, like usher in the kingdom, every home you go into, like through being polite, through being hospitable, through doing your work with excellence, through, Mm -hmm. through exercising your creative gifts, like you're going to have an immense influence for the kingdom. And bro, you're an HVAC guy. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. 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 That is really good. So yeah, it's helping people's eyes open up to that. I mean, I remember probably, you know, I've become a Christian at 21. I've been out there in the industry working maybe two, three, four years. And my prevailing mindset was work was, uh, I don't want to say it was a curse, but maybe that it was under the curse, which it certainly is, you know, as we look at the Bible narrative, but just something to be endured. This was something that I needed to go through so I could get to this retirement, whatever that was where I could sit around the pool all day and drink lemonades and really being challenged when you start to understand no God cares about your work uh, oh, he yeah. cares about it there there's a there's an, a, a tremendous dignity to getting mm-hmm. up every day and going and being a productive member of society uh, through contributing and using your gifts and your skills uh, to earn a paycheck. there's something very right about that and uh, and just starts to bring so much meaning into this mundane, because yeah, it would be so, um, it would be such a tragedy, I guess, if, if a guy out there only thought that the only path towards meaning in life was being a quote, full-time vocational pastor, minister, or whatever. Um, it, it's like, no, it's, it's everywhere. It's like what you just said with that HVAC guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have to remember work was originally good. Hmm. Like, like work was, like you said, from the beginning, that's right. Adam was created to work the garden and it work isn't inherently bad work isn't inherently evil. Now the curse of sin made work difficult. That's right. Right and it affected work in a myriad of ways but but work was a part of God's first good creation. Mm-hmm. Right, and then our work is being restored, and will one day be fully restored when when Christ uh, makes all things new again. So, work was never evil; it was never bad. As a matter of fact, it was it was in, intended to be a part of um, of who we are. So, so the question is: isn't is work good or bad? The question is: how are you viewing your work, and yeah. then the purpose behind your work? Right. So, I, I heard a story one time about um, there was a person passing a construction site. Right. And there, there were three bricklayers out there working, doing their job. And and the first bricklayer said he was simply earning a living, uh, basically to feed and clothe this family. And and the second bricklayer said, well, well, I'm just out here for the summer um, because I'm in college and I'm just waiting to go do something better. Right. Right. And, and then the third bricklayer said, well, actually, I'm helping uh, create a cathedral for the glory and worship of God. Hmm. Right. And it's that third brick layer that had the right perspective. Yeah. Right. You're not just out there um, uh, to provide for yourself or others. You're not just out there until something better comes along. No, no. Like whatever you're in right now, doing right now, whether you're laying bricks, whether you're crunching numbers, whether you're sweeping floors, I don't care what it is. Like you're doing that for the betterment and for the benefit of God's creation. And it's a holy work, bro. It's a holy work.
0: It really is. Yes. Whether you're building walls with bricks or you're uh, completing tax returns or you're auditing or whatever it is. I mean, all those things there is, there's (laughs) dignity and all of that. And all of that is being uh, contributing to this world and making it a better place. I, I think, Kristen, tell me if you see this with a lot of guys, because I, you know, my, so then I start to hear that in college and I start to become very aware of like, uh, I am to be salt and light, right? So where mm. I go into the workplace, I'm to be salt and light. I had kind of taken some of that message and maybe skewed that a little bit too far to go. My number one job at work is to evangelize. Right. And, and I don't even think like m- well-meaning heart. I want to, I want to share the gospel with people. There was a lot to that, that was sweet and right and good and 22, 23 year old Adam. However, Uh, I I think what that was doing was that was kind of taking the work that I was doing and devaluing that and only bringing spiritual conversations up to be valuable. Do you see that a
1: lot with some guys out there, again, that we're working with and that you're working with? Oh, absolutely, man. And Tim Keller, you know, I can't I can't quote the whole thing off the top of my head. But Tim Keller addresses that when he talks about um, when you and I get on an airplane to fly somewhere, the first thing we need to hear isn't that Jesus loves us? Mm-hmm. It's that there's actually a trained pilot flying the plane. That's right. <laughs> like, yes. like like that's what I want to hear first and foremost when I get on the plane. Yeah is that is that we have a certified pilot that knows what they're doing, that's excellent in their craft, yes. and is going to be able to take off and land without killing me. That's right. Like, like that's, that's right. the first thing I want to know. And then and then after that, once my mind's at ease, if the guy next to me you know, wants to tell me about what Christ has done and the goodness of the gospel, man, I'm, I'm open to hear that. Yeah. So, so I, I think a lot of us need to, need to kind of digest that, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe at your work right now, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody, but maybe people in your office would be more apt to hearing Jesus if you started showing up on time to meetings. That is good going there's there's some maybe. guys listening going keep yeah. going Chris keep going keep going give a few more examples maybe maybe they would be open to hearing Jesus if if you turned in your expense reports on time that's right maybe they would maybe they'd be a little bit more into this this man you preach about and talk about and profess to to follow um, if you gave your work your all and did it with excellence That's right so good. Yes um uh, that may be the inroad for you into gospel witnesses it's not it's not just halfway doing your expense reports and then cornering somebody um in the break room and telling them how much they need the gospel like that's yeah. not going to get you anywhere bro no yeah that was I mean you
0: just said it right there that was the eye-opening moment that I had when I finally understood that the path towards influence in this office relationally, is not necessarily my character it's my competence come on is that when i can do my job well right and that's not an unspiritual activity as we've been saying there's dignity in that god's not mad if you're a great accountant he's Mm -hmm. not mad if you're a great carpenter like that is of course you're being god's man you're doing what you're supposed to be doing 100 that that Competence is what buys you more influence in the office to go have those conversations. Now, That's to be it. very, very clear, and I love what, again, a friend long ago said that character is the quickest way to lose or break trust. So, yeah. in no way are we saying your character doesn't matter. That's how you'll quickly lose trust. Yep. But especially in the workplace, if you want to build trust, which is the, really the heart of influence. Then it's going to come, the path to that is always competence, always has been, always will be. And so do your work heartily as unto the Lord. That's it. Lay those bricks with phenomenal joy and excellence, right? Fill out come those on. tax returns with excellence that's and just it. watch what happens.
1: That's a very, that, that things will get exciting. Yeah, watch you, uh, watch the continue. doors open. That's, that's right, right. That's right. It's Colossians 3. Yeah. Right. And it's it's exactly what when Greg Thornberry took over King's College in New York City. Um, I remember him saying, "We don't just want to produce journalists and writers; we want to produce the best journalists and writers, mm. so that when when our journalists are at the New York Times and they want to write about Christ, they're going to have free reign to do that because people know they're the best at their craft. That's right; they're That's the right. best at their trade. Right? Like they they've earned that through their competence, as you said. Yep, they've earned that, and and it's given them a voice to talk about maybe some things the world doesn't want to hear."
0: That's so good. That's so good. Well, I like that. I like that we're having this defined series and again taking some of these words and these ideas and these concepts that we talk about all the time and really putting some clear definition to it. This this mm. for a lot of young men and maybe even some older men out there uh, can be transformative in the way you view your nine to five, right? This That's is right. this is how you find purpose and meaning is you recognize the place you show up and where you spend 40, 50 hours a week. God cares about even that he cares about that, that you were created to be creative. That is one of your expressions is there at your work. And so do it with excellence, build competence. That is a way that you'll find meaning and also get some influence around the office. And so I like that. I think, I think that'd be a good spot for us to to stop here this week uh, because we're going to come back next week and pick up another conversation related to this around stewardship. But uh,
1: any final comments on this one before we wrap up? No, oh, that's it. I mean, just, just remember scripture work um, as if you're working to the Lord and not unto man. That's right. You know, the Jesus, King Jesus is your first employer. That's uh, good. Uh, uh, just, you know, don't forget that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's a lot of people going,
0: Whew, okay. Cause
1: you don't know my employer now. So that's
0: so great to think about that So All right, Chris, as always great to be with you. Yeah. See you next time, bro. Hey there, we've got a free resource we want to give you before we go. We know that between work, family, and life, it can be really difficult to find and practice a good model for biblical masculinity. That's why we record these podcasts for you every week, and that's also why we put together this free resource called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication. You do not have to try to be a better man on your own. We are here to help you. So go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and download five ways to be a better man right now. That's betterman.com.